Haunted. Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. How are you all? It's, um, God, we've been doing this a long time. Every time we do another episode, I think, Jesus, have we been doing it this long? I mean, we're 30, how many episodes now? 36? 30 million episodes. Yeah, a lot. I did want to kick off this week. I want to do a little special shout out to a lady called Vic Bruton. She left us the most beautiful review yesterday and it reads like this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Only found this yesterday and love you too. That's us. (laughs) So far, cleaned free free bathrooms at home and enjoying listening to you both. Now, that's what we do. We put our podcasts on and clean. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And have a little listen. So that we recommend that to you. At the time that you've listened to this, you could clean your whole house or a deep cleaner Especially room. Especially if you haven't got a TV in your kitchen, because it's, otherwise yeah. it's boring. But yeah, thank thank you, Vic, so much. Um, she said, really informative and great stories. Keep up the good work and can't wait to listen again tomorrow at work. Uh, Thanking you, my darling. Thank you, Vic. Thank you. You're our favourite now. You're our favourite. Favourite listener so far. Thank you. Um, And leading on from that, a little segue. If you do listen to us and if you do enjoy us, please, please, please take 30 seconds out of your day. Just scroll to the bottom of the page of whatever you're listening on. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars because I like the five stars because I'm worth it. (laughs) And yeah. And do that for us, please. I also want to plug very, very quickly. It is spooky season. Spooky season is upon us. And I know, I don't know if we have mentioned it yet, but we are going to be doing a mammoth monster Halloween week for you all. We have mentioned it, um, I'm sure. It's a lot of work. We have an episode every night and it covers a plethora of weird stuff weird and wonderful things to get you into the spirit for halloween so to give you a little little taster we've just um recorded the first episode with our resident historian the sergeant major and we look into the origins of halloween where halloween come from why we celebrate it the purpose of it the traditions cultures how it how it traveled and and all sorts like that that was super super interesting super fascinating so if you do enjoy Halloween as a holiday, get to learn its roots, get to learn and understand about it. And that also is the a lot, perfect episode for you. A lot of our listeners um love the historical yeah. backstory before we get into ghost stories. So again, it's one with our with our resident historian. Um so it's a really it's, 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 it's an interest it's, it's interesting. It's a good way to kick off the week in in the mix of it all as well. Um we've not just stuck with the spooky stuff, we've got things like torture methods. We have which got, was, yeah, horrific. which was gross. We have done uh, murders that have happened on on around Halloween or with suspicious circumstances. So that again is a, another really really good one to listen to. Uh, we did as well um, death practices yeah. uh, and how different cultures from around the world um respect their dead and or not or as in not, some cases in some cases or what you would have to do if a loved one died i mean it's a really deep one that one i mean it's crazy but but yeah that's just a, a little taster of what is coming this halloween week so that will start on the 25th yeah of october also, which is a we've monday got some other episodes which are focused and concentrated on ghosts and ghost stories so it's not all blood and gore We've got some really spooky we've tr- ghost we've tried stories to, as well. Yeah, we've tried to mix it up because 
if you're like me and my Jake, so Jake is all cutting, slashing, blood and gore. He considers that to be horror. I do not. Mm. I am more paranormal, supernatural. Yeah, yeah, me too, and yeah. that is what I consider horror. So we've tr tried to cater to both, but tried to do it in a way that's still interesting. You're still learning. You're still getting information you're still getting scared vanessa's had nightmares after one episode in particular yeah torture methods i actually did yeah um awful dreams from her so please please guys stick around it's coming wait for that i'd love just to start releasing them now because they're fantastic episodes mm. but you've all just gonna have to wait you're all gonna have to wait so we this week are going to the city of angels mm. the land of the, the glitterati the and all that is the wonderful rich and the, famous. the rich the famous of course it's hollywood yeah now where movies are made the movies are made where dreams happen but also where you know people have their biggest falls from grace and it's um a, a, a town where you can get yourself involved in all sorts and it quite, doesn't it, always end well for it everyone. It doesn't always end well for for everyone. It's not all glitz and glamour. There is a seedy underbelly to yeah. to this place. So we're going to, what I'm going to do is, well, I've researched so many locations for this. I've picked some of my favourites. We, we, we've just discussed this. It's a hard one because there's so many stories so to pick. So many. And I just said to you, have you done this one? Have you done that one? You're like, well, no, because there's so many. You can own, we can only fit so many in. So I think we decided that we will revisit this, this at some yeah, point. If this episode is a popular one, and we'll know by the, the the listeners, then we'll definitely go back, revisit, and get into it in a lot more depth. Yeah, definitely. It, it is something we will probably revisit because I think uh, so far people have been. Uh, quite looking forward to this episode. Some of the feedback I've had since um, I posted that we was going to be visiting Hollywood, um, people have been excited and looking for, and looking yeah, forward to it. It's, there's just so many. But though, isn't there? everyone has a fascination with Hollywood. Everyone, you know, it's a well-known location, and there's there's an aura around Hollywood, isn't there? I'd imagine there. Yeah, I mean, it is when we watch it on TV, but I imagine being there, it is. Yeah. It's um, certainly a crazy place. Crazy, crazy place. So I am going to start with a location that is iconic. And when you think of Hollywood, you think you of this think location. This. Yeah. So we are, of course, going to the Hollywood sign. Yeah. So it is situated on Mount Lee in the Hollywood Hills area of the Santa Monica Mountains. It is spelled out in 45 foot tall, white capital letters, and it goes, it's about 350 foot long. The sign was originally erected in 1923 and originally read Hollywood Land, mm -hmm. not just Hollywood, Hollywood Land. And it was put up, it, the purpose of it was to advertise the name of a new housing development in the hills above the Hollywood district oh, of right. LA. The whole sign originally um, was studied with around 4,000 light bulbs and the sign flashed in segments. So it flashed holly, slash, yeah. uh, flashed wood, flashed land. Um, so it flashed like that and then it flashed up as a hull. Mm, so like, mm. like Christmas lights, yeah. da -da 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 -da, and then a hull. Um, just below the Hollywood land sign, there was a searchlight 
and that was used as well to attract more attention. And again, you know, that kind of image of the, the light in the sky in and around Hollywood yeah. is another iconic image and which you get on the front of movies don't you yeah sometimes the, the production companies the front of movies you see that da, 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 yeah da, da, yeah so the the project when they first started cost then twenty one thousand dollars which in today's money would be roughly three hundred and twenty thousand yeah it's a lot of money us dollars mm-hmm. it is a lot of money but what is seen as a beacon of light amongst most people and a really famous site in Hollywood is actually a location of a infamous Hollywood tragedy and is the location of the suicide of Peg Entwistle. Yeah. Now this case, this story is steeped with kind of myth and law and it's 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 as notorious it's today. Myth. I don't think it's myth. No, but people you know it's People make assumptions, people talk about it, you know, there's lots of, it's still as notorious today as when it happened. It's it's a real famous case. To be honest, I don't really know the rest of the cases in depth, you know, that we're going to talk about tonight, but I do know this one. And I know it because I've seen programs on it. And what I have to say is the people that are interviewed that have seen her are, in my opinion, absolutely genuine, terrified. And she really goes the extra mile, this ghost. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this one. As I said, the rest um, I don't know about. but um, So I'll add a bit to, to, to this one from what I've seen. The, the rest, to be honest, um, is, is going to be a bit new to me. But yeah, start with her because this is just crazy. So let's start with a little bit of background on, on Peg. So she was, and to her, to her credit, quite a successful uh, stage actress. Yeah. She began her stage career in 1925 and she appeared in several Broadway productions. Um, Very, very successful on stage, but wanted to make the transition to the silver screen and all that. Aspiring young actress, yeah, um, the Hollywood dream. She filmed a few, all of which never were never um, released. She filmed one movie called 13 Women. And it was released one month after her, after her death. Yeah. So she did get her um, face on film. It didn't receive... Um, Again, it wasn't a great success. It, it wasn't a great success. I don't think it was a, a bad movie in any way. It just wasn't mm. picked. It, it didn't get the traction. Unfortunately, she led quite a sad life, quite a troubled life and um issues just seemed to follow her around so she was raised by her father who was an actor himself um she lost her mum and her stepmum quite early in life and she had a series of failed relationships her father was killed as well in a hit and run accident uh, in oh, new God, in, yeah. in new york somewhere um i did know i can't remember now and at this point, she was taken in by her uncle. And her uncle was um, like a manager mm. of quite a, a, a well-known performer. And that's how she managed to get in yeah. and start doing all the things she wanted to do. She did meet a man, and his name was Robert Keith. And they got married in 1927, but they divorced two years later. And this was due to what was documented as domestic cruelty. 
right. you can yeah. but imagine yeah. you know yeah so like I said, she hasn't had a good time then. Already. She hasn't had a good time. She's had it rough. She's lost people, you know, quite tragically, quite young. It takes and a toll on you. Doesn't it, it takes a toll on a person. She, like I said, was was reasonably successful, and she even shared the stage with Humphrey Bogart, which is a name we all know. Yeah, which which is class of success in those days, I would imagine, to 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 an extent. Um, unfortunately. As happens with a lot of people, actually, they get pigeonholed in um, roles. And she was the comedic ingenue. Mm. And she couldn't break free from that. You know, yeah, she wanted yeah. to be a leading lady, you know, kind, yeah. kind of thing. She was typecast. And typecast. Um, and so she could only ever really snag the smaller roles. Mm. So she, she hasn't had a, a great time of it all. So... We fast forward now to the 18th of September 1932 and a woman is hiking in and around near the Hollywood sign and while she's doing that she finds a woman's shoe, a purse and a jacket. She she picked these up, she opened the purse and inside she found a suicide note and after she's, she's done that she's looked around and when she looked down the side of the mountain she saw the body below. The woman reported the, the her findings quite quickly to the LA Police Department and she handed over the items to the police. So the police had summarised that she had climbed a workman's ladder to the top of the 45-foot letter, or the letter H, yeah, uh, and had jumped to her death. Her suicide note, which I, I, I don't like this, was published in a local newspaper. Yeah, and I, I'm not too sure why they would, have, but they would have done it those days. Um, and it read like this: um, "I am afraid. I am a coward. I am sorry for everything. If I had done this a long time ago, it would have saved a lot of pain." And she signed it off "PE," which are her initials. I think um, I don't know if you're going to go into this, but I think she she'd been turned down for another role or something. I think just do you go into that or no? no? So she, you know, she. I think before the suicide, she'd literally had been turned down from what I've watched on TV, the documentaries or you know programs on her. She, you know, it was just another disappointment. Another she was really looking forward to, it and she'd been turned down, which apparently triggered her. It, it, it was it, her life was just one thing after another after another, and yeah. unfortunately, as with all people, there's only so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people can take. So, and and this and that was her breaking point. Yeah. But you know the most tragic thing after that? I think it was either the day after A few she days did, after she it got came she got the she letter got, and yeah. she'd she'd managed to get herself a, a leading role in That's right, she had in yeah. something. Which again it just Ironically, a few days later it just she adds, would have had the news it? that yeah. she always wanted. She'd have been down in the dump, she should have gone, had a couple of gins, yeah, cried it out. Yeah, and just and I held on and held because on. listen, something's always going to happen. Listen, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know that what they have to live for. So she was a, she was obviously a very troubled young lady, and you know, committed suicide by climbing to jumping the jumping off of the top of the H from the Hollywood sign. sign. So very quickly, ghost stories started to pop up. From around this area, um, I think the first documented cases about the nineteen forties, early nineteen forties ish, um, and they have been going on 
ever since really. I think quite commonly she is seen climbing and then it's replaying. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, you know, I'm quite interested in her in this case because it's so compelling, the, the people that have been interviewed that have seen her. Um, I, what, I, what I would imagine is, or what I think is, when 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 she when she hit the bottom, um, I don't think um, she necessarily passed over. May, may you know maybe she stayed. I've um, I've 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 seen in quite a lot of detail on a few shows um, with with the witness people that were there. Um, they were you know because of course at the bottom of the Hollywood um, sign there's a fence. They got through the fence. They weren't supposed to. There was security there. They yeah. got through the security. Started going up the hill just, just just for a bit of fun, you know, just for something to do. Um, and um, they, they they started going up the hill. They 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 went a long way up the hill. Then they of course saw this vision, this lady, and um, I can't remember exactly how she was dressed, but as, as per Peg, when she she killed herself, but they said she was pretty much skeletal, so she was in a in a death state, not as when she'd yeah. um, not as when she she'd done it that day. Um, she was visible as in solid visible so not as in just a wisp of a ghost um that you know and, and she but the, the, the thing the, the thing about this story is she she followed them and they were running 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 turned around she was still there absolutely visible this went on for quite a long time um they managed to get to the bottom um they managed to get over the fence a couple of their friends just got in the car went and left the last person he wasn't quick enough and it's survival of the fittest and he's turning around trying to get over this fence and she's still there and she's and you know that it's quite rare i think to have a spirit that continues for that amount of time and she's still visible you know within you know 10 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes um she was seen by multiple people on this one occasion and the fact that she was solid and clearly you know they could describe her perfectly all of them you know it it's just it's such a sad story, but it is a sad it's just story. terrifying for people to see that as well. Um, so initially the rumours started that this was haunted because the H mysteriously toppled over. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And that was in, uh, I haven't oh, God, got the that's date, a... but that's like, it was early days. And then oh, everyone God, started saying a... like, oh, it's, it's Peg, it's the curse of Peg. She's, oh, she's, yeah, and that's, that's, that's what's caused it. So I'm going to go through a couple of the sightings now and some people's experiences um, with her. So we are jumping ahead, 1990. Where was you? What was you doing? Um, probably at a festival somewhere. Probably at a festival somewhere. So in 1990, a young couple were hiking in Griffith Park on the trails, which is where it's located. Yeah. And they stopped dead in their tracks when they saw a very disorientated blonde woman dressed in 1930s clothing being very frantic and you know disorientated lost and didn't really know what was going on and they watched her and then she just completely just vanished mm. uh, in front of them one when they went to report this you know everyone was like oh you know because of 
that's Peg, da 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 da. And I went, well, who's that? They didn't have a clue about of course, the, yeah. the myth, the legend and, and things and stuff that go on there. The, the thing that I always liked the most is when people work at a location. Yeah. Because they, when someone works somewhere, you get a you get a real feel especially like i'm not talking about like you know when people live in the houses and stuff you want to hear from them but when you have like these great locations like hampton court palace chillingham castle and things like that it's the people that work there that can give you the real juicy stories and stuff so um throughout the years the griffith park rangers claim to see the ghost of the hollywood sign regularly she has become very much just part of yeah customary to just to see her they say that especially on dark foggy nights and stuff you can just see her lurking around they are not scared these are quite burly men and they've grown accustomed to her so they know her and the thing you think when when people go to work you know they're not out for shits and giggles in the evening or to do something, you know, a li little bit risque. So they're going to work sober, straight. It's their living. They're professional people in whatever job they do. And like you say, when people that work in a location, you can't turn up pissed. You can't turn up stoned. You, you, you can't turn up too, too tired because um, it's your job. And like you say, a lot of credible, the most credible um, documentations we have of people that work in a place where they are completely functioning normal human beings and go, oh my God, I cannot believe. Yeah. And you can't put it down to a trick of the light or I've had one wine too many or I've, you know, you, you can't put it down to that. So you're right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, you know, but it's, it's, they're all quite, like you like, would like to say, alpha males, um, yeah, who but, don't tell those stories no, easily. No, but they do. They're very open with the fact yeah. that she is there. Yeah, because, but, but because they, they know are, it. They are scared because it's unusual and it's not normal. But yeah. they it's it's a sight that they have grown custom to. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is seen that often. So they're like saying, oh, yeah, that's just Peg, don't worry. Yeah. You, you know, she's fine. You're not going mad. You're it's not going her. mad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... I think it. What was I watched an episode where they go to the Hollywood sign. Um, it might even be Ghost Adventures, mm. and they're trying to get in. It's because it's completely fenced off. You can't yeah, get in yeah. there. You have to have special permission. And the the park rangers come. Like, what what you're doing? Mm. And they start talking to him. And he went, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see her. You know, I've seen like a big white mist. I've seen this. I've seen. It. And they talk very openly about it, as if it's just you know, again, just quite part every it, day. Yeah. Mm. Um, another thing that Peg is known for is she is often accompanied by the smell of gardenias. Yeah. And this was known to be her favourite scent when she was alive. Yeah. And she continues to be associated with it. And as we know, there. a lot of hauntings and ghosts, uh, smell is, oh, smell related. is, is very, yeah. There was also um, a case of a jogger who was up near the Hollywood Hills. Her name was Megan Santos. And she had this smell of gardenias come over her really, really strong to the point that she stopped and was like... Oh, yeah, where's that come from? What, what's yeah. this? Looking around, she saw um, that she was being followed by a woman, blonde hair, 1930s clothing, but she looked like she was walking on air yeah, uh, and approaching her. She quickly legged it 
carried on and thought, no thanks, I'm not sticking around for that. What do you think about her, Peg? Do you think she's... Um, I wouldn't say it's residue. I wouldn't say it's stone tape. But I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting with her because there's, there's so much about her. I mean, uh, and she killed herself in, you know... I don't know. It just, it just I feels feel, to I me feel like, like maybe she's, she, she's, she's living in a regret, maybe. Yeah, it feels to me like she, by... she's current. She hasn't passed over. She, no. she's, she, that, that's what it feels like to I me. Think, she's still I there, think yeah. she's still there. Reliving, she... replaying, but in a, a current day-to-day -day state, you know? So I kind of touched on this earlier, but I think the scariest of all of them is there have been a few cases... I say a few. It's it's seen fair, again. This is seen fairly often that people will see a woman climbing up the letter H yeah. to the top and watch her throw herself from the top of the H. God, see, I've not um, I've not heard that. And they will see this and immediately ring the police ring, and ring, oh, ring. someone, yeah. And people will come and they will investigate. And there's nothing there. Nothing there. You see, of course, that is time replaying itself um but then she goes on to continue to haunt and 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 interact with different people so god i mean that's a strong spirit we know that don't we that that's something very powerful that, that's carrying on happening but there. a very it's tragic story so tragic um i know as well that the grounds on which the hollywood site is built are believed to be cursed as well Right. And that is also haunted by a very strong female spirit who, again, is seen regularly by the park rangers and members of the public. I haven't done the research for that for this episode. But it leads you into that entire process of if land is cursed, then do you pass over anyway? You know, and th and that's a lot. Of, that's, you know, God, Jesus, you know, it, that's a lot. But it leads you down lots of different tracks, doesn't it? This, yeah. this story. So that is the, the very tragic story. Yeah, so sad, this one. I don't Peg know. It's Whistle. so sad. Bless her, yeah. So now I'm going to move on to a staple, a staple building in Hollywood. So it is the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Yeah. It is a historic location located at, they have such long street names. I never know, like 7,000 or is it 7,700, 7,000. Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, they're, they're numbered, aren't they? We but don't they do don't, that but they don't in, say it. in England, yeah. But it's not 2046, it's like 2416. Yeah. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. But this can't be 70 double O Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> anyway, it's it's very it's a very central place. It's on the Hollywood Boulevard. Um it opened uh, 15th of May 1927 and is the oldest continually operating hotel in LA. Right. Um, as its name would suggest, it is named after the 26th President yeah. of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt, old Teddy. Yeah. Uh, and cost then £2.5 million to construct, which is roughly $37.3 million today money. Jesus, a lot of money. Mega, mega money. It has 300 rooms, 63 suites, has two restaurants. It had quite a famous cocktail night, like cocktail yeah, bar nightclub yeah. place. Um, it's a real hub <coughs> in in the middle of all the all the madness. 
it has seen some rise and falls in its time, uh, but during it's always managed to be a, a bit of an epicenter for Hollywood. It hosted the first Academy Awards, mm-hmm. and that was on the 16th of May 1929 in the Blossom Ballroom. Mm. It's still used today by the rich and famous, uh, mostly for after parties yeah, yeah. and stuff, and that's for like uh, after award season because a lot of the A-listers stay there yeah. and, and things like that. Um, so over the course of its history, I've easily have counted nearly $100 million of investment um, in this place, various restorations throughout the year. I've looked at... Somewhere as, as important as that, you would, wouldn't you? You yeah. would invest and keep it up. And keep Historical, it up. Historical, yeah, yeah. I've looked at it online, and you can stay there, Roughly for two hundred twenty nine dollars a night. Is that all? What's that in English money then? So that that that's less in English money. Like hundred and ninety quid. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Um, again, it's very nice. It's very tasteful. Rooms are quite spacious. It's quite modern now. Um, has a pool as yeah, well. But the history is oh, in the fabric yes. of that building. It's an, it's you know on on the on the surface nice place. Um, you can stay there now, relatively cheap. Yeah. Probably, probably is a bit more expensive come award season. Yeah. They like price the riffraff out, but like us, like us, we wouldn't be able to afford it. (laughs) Um, but this place, so I'm going to go through some of the stars that have been known to frequent here. So we're talking Charlie Chaplin, Mm. Clark Gable, Carol Lombard, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Ernest Hemingway, Prince, Brad Pitt. Angela Jolie, Humphrey Bogart, Carmen Miranda, um, a lot of a lot of stars, a lot stars. of big names, a lot of handsome men, a lot of beautiful women, a lot of beautiful women. But along with its uh, some of its famous guests, some of them never really checked out. Yeah, and are still there now to this day. To this day, so I'm gonna go on and tell you about the spirit of. Montgomery Clift. He is said to be. Right, I don't the, know who he is. Um, he is quite a famous actor from the fifties and sixties. Okay. Um, shall I show you a picture of him? Mm. Sorry, guys. Quick Google here. Montgomery Clift. Recognise him. Handsome man. Very handsome man. Classically handsome, yeah. Placing the sun from here to eternity, the misfits, Red River. Yeah, I wouldn't have seen those movies, but yeah, handsome Lots man, of yeah. Lots of things. So he stayed at the hotel for um, around three months while he was rehearsing the role uh, for his 1953 movie, From Here to Eternity. In 1956, however, tragedy struck when Cliff's car smashed into a telephone pole. It jeopardized his life he was in a real bad way but he was it left him disfigured facially right so you saw what a handsome man he was yeah yeah and you know he was horrifically disfigured from this he did survive his crash um but it triggered what everyone has kind of coined the longest suicide in hollywood he turned to prescription painkillers and alcohol Um, well if you were that handsome and that famous and such an amazing and don't forget these days, we can take on people of all sorts of disfigurements and disabilities. Then it, it, uh, but in those days, I think your face was your money. Yeah. And so you could imagine this this young man 
having this disfigurement, well, my God, I mean, it, that's a lot. You know, so he, he went on and he really abused his body to the extreme yeah. with drugs and booze and, and all the things in between. Of course, He yeah. did make a return to the screen. Did he? He did. Um, it didn't last for long, though, because tragically he died of a heart attack in 1966 and he was only 45 years old. I don't know if you know this, so I'm just going to ask. When he made his return to the screen, was it as a disfigured character um, or, or or don't we know at this point? Because obviously he's been disfigured. So somebody's giving him another shot. Um, um, no, I, I, th I, th I, th I think he just kind of played. Um, just... Yeah. You know, he, he just wasn't as handsome as he was. Yeah, so he, he had a he, bit part. He aged. He, was a, yeah. he wasn't the leading man. He so was, it he wasn't was, that important yet. No. Yeah, yeah. So he is believed to occupy room 928. And that is on the ninth floor, in case, right. you, in case you didn't know. Um, he is quite famously known for playing a bugle. And that echoes... Why did he do that in life? He d so for the role that he played in From Here to Eternity, that character plays that instrument. Oh, okay. And so while he was staying there and rehearsing, he'd have been practicing right, okay. this. He practiced it, yeah. but it's that loud; it echoes down the hallway, and everybody hears it. People were ring people are ringing reception, going, "Can you tell whoever Bloody is in that room the to stop it?" And they go, "No one's in there." Uh, but doesn't it take you back to the happiest time he was? It was in success. He was in the hotel, Roosevelt in, in, Hotel. In the thick of it he was practicing his, and so he 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 haunts. You know, he came back to where he was probably one of the most happiest times. Yeah, he's also known or heard uh, pacing the the hallways, reciting lines and lines. stuff from the movie. He's also as well very very well known with the staff. Um, at the hotel, they're very, very well acquainted with him. And they, again, have spoken really quite openly um, about their experiences with him. Um, kind of maintenance staff are, get quite frustrated with him because he is forever fiddling with the thermostat and cranks it right up. Yeah, to, to what probably suited him. To right. the hottest it can be. Uh, often as well... There's like a radio in the room. He turns that on, turns it up. Fiddles, yeah. He fiddles with everything, moves everything. He's touching things. Um, people often as well feel, uh, well, the cleaners feel um, someone patting them, like yeah. on, on the shoulder. Well done, darling, or uh, thank you, darling. Something and like that, yeah. the cleaners often say that there is a constant presence of someone watching them when they're cleaning. Yeah, because you can tell that. There's someone always there. Your sixth sense, even to people not into this, tells you that when there's so someone watching. he is quite an active spirit from the Hollywood yeah. Roosevelt Hotel. Another famous ghost uh, yeah. from this location is Carol Lombard. Now, I don't know, do you recognise that name? I definitely recognise the name, but I couldn't tell you right now. Well, no, she is one. She was one of Hollywood's top comedy actresses in the 1930s. She married Clark Gable. Oh, well, of course. I mean, everyone on the planet knows the most handsome Clark Gable. Oh, he's so handsome. Well, listen, in my nan's kitchen, this is the truth, in East Acton, there was a giant poster my granddad eventually let her have it up in the kitchen of Clark Gable. It was a black and white one, but it was big. And it 
I always remember her going, Nan. And she said, oh, don't worry, your granddad. And it was a huge black and white poster. She's oh, got a Clark Gable. They don't make men like that. They no don't make today. men like Clark Gable Oh, anymore. that was good stock. Anyway, they were married um, and everyone is very well known amongst everybody at the time that they were the real deal. They were like Hollywood's ideal couple. They were madly in love. But, I know, think... Clark Gable eventually turned out to be gay, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, that were, it was the, the love story. It was the love yeah. story. It was, you know, it was perfect on on the surface. And, and they gave that, that real good image. But unfortunately, their love story was cut short because Carol was uh, killed in a plane crash. Yes, three, I, I know. Three years after. Yes. Um, and her spirit has been seen near the suite that she shared with Clark Gable at the hotel um, because they had the same suite every time. Um, it was like not on retainer, but if they rung, it would whoever was in there to be out, Clark Gable's coming. Did her plane crash into to the mountain, into yeah. the hill? Yeah. There's also... She's also meant to be spotted there. Yeah. There's another location there, and he's meant to be spotted, because he was, of course, there waiting for her at the bar. All right, a plane's going to come in. He's also... And I, and I can't remember um, what it is, but we'll discuss it maybe another episode. And also the bar staff at this place, where he was a regular visitor, was waiting for her to come back, and literally there was a noise. They saw the plane crash, and his wife, wife was in that. Tragic. Absolutely tragic. Um... But yeah, she's seen she's seen near the suite. She doesn't interact with with anybody. She just, you know, skulks the upper floors, just being looking quite mournful. And and I think it's important to say as well when we've just said another location sees her, spirit can move to multiple locations. Now I'm going. So I was going to have... ask you this because not the next story from the the Roosevelt, but the the one after that. This spirit is spotted in maybe five different locations well, throughout Hollywood. They don't want to stay at the same place. I mean, they didn't in life. So They're not going to do in death. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you that, mm. so thank you for answering that. Um, not all of the spirits at the Roosevelt are celebrities, although most of them are. There is a particular spirit of a little girl, and she is called Caroline, mm. and she is particularly active around the hotel. Yeah. So the story is that her and her brother drowned in the hotel swimming pool whilst their father was out completing errands. Yeah. Um, she has been spotted ever since, but she, people have seen her, but she's more commonly heard and felt. And Yeah, and because not like... many people, as we know, see full-blown full apparitions, but um, to, to smell and sense and to hear is a lot more common. Yeah. She is quite famously known to ring random guests on their phone from the house phone in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And just like say nothing, and then they'll like she'll keep ringing, and they'll ring back, and someone will answer, and they'll go, Can, "What? What's the issue? You keep ringing me." And there, there's been times that they've checked the cameras and stuff. No one goes near it, no one touches it, but she's ringing them from that phone. I think sometimes with cases like this, I my instinct would tell me it wouldn't be a little girl doing that; it would be another spirit. But I think sometimes stories mismatch. And... Yeah. I mean, I don't know why a little girl would be doing that unless, uh, you know, I don't think that would be her, but more of the plane tricks and everything else and being a child spirit. I think in some locations they're so haunted, like you say, the stories get merged, 
I wouldn't say she's ringing all the rooms. I mean, she wouldn't have done that in life, so I can't see why she'd do that in death. No. But listen, valid point. Maybe wrong, but now this bit is probably a little bit more like her. So her and her brother are known to play in the jacuzzi room and are very, very mischievous. Well, that makes you sense. You know, they, they they tug at people and yeah. move things, and uh, you know they can hear children's laughter and splashing in in the in the water when there's nobody there, things like that. Um, when she has been seen around the hotel, she's seen in a, a you know a pretty little blue dress, and she approaches guests and say, "Oh, have you seen my my dad? Have you seen my daddy?" See, this is um, what breaks my heart about some of these stories. Sorry to interject. When there are child spirits still like that, obviously she she's current. I mean that that would tell me on, you know, the research I've done and the education I've done learning about all this stuff over the years, is that she hasn't passed over. So her and her brother are still actively playing, and um, are visibly seen. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's you know it's just, again little child spirits. It's heart heartbreaking to hear of this, to be honest. Um, she she's also known to ask other guests to can they play with her. I know that's what's so oh, it drives can, me mad. Can we, can we so play? Because they want to play, she's playing with their brother, but in some type, a lot of these cases, they're little spirits, they, they, they don't know that they're dead necessarily, and they're trying to interact, and the other people don't interact, and that's what I find heartbreaking about Trap Souls. Um, it's like, please, God, send your angels. Well, she probably doesn't want to leave because in case her dad comes looking. She don't want to leave. So in that case, the, the dad spirit should, should come through via a medium, by a rescue medium and say, your daddy's coming, is your mummy and your daddy go to the light? You know, this is what breaks my heart. But we don't talk about this too often, really, but so many cases where children are trapped. And this is this to me reads like just one of those cases, those poor children that are interactive daily with different people, with different... Yeah. So we know it's not a replaying of time. You know, it's heartbreaking. And I think so. this is what I think why hotels are so active as well. It's because it's the coming and going of lots of different energies and lots of different people. Yeah, yeah. And it's a hub, isn't it? And it, yeah. it stays alive. And it, there's a lot of emotions and energies that happen yeah, stay. In, in, in hotels. And they get imprinted in the fabric of the brick and because the, and, and the, and hotels, the I think, host some of our happiest moments. Yeah, you know, honeymoons, yeah, wedding receptions, and also sad first like nights together. Your dirtiest night with your other like yeah, it, it's you exactly. know it's, some, it's, it's some a real of your... high emotion places to be. I mean, if you would research from day one, which would probably be impossible, um, because the records probably wouldn't exist. The amount of um, suicides or heartbreak of course, or tragedies. Of course, now well. you layer all that up. I'm not saying they would all killed themselves or died in the place, but that emotion layers and layers and layers, and it gets stuck in the fabric of the building. Now you can be in a hotel room and feel a woman crying desperately, screaming. Maybe, for example, she's having a miscarriage. Now she wouldn't have died necessarily, but that emotion and that energy, that high energy stays and it replays itself. And that's what a lot of people feel and see. Um, so when you're talking a hotel as opposed to a house or a residence, you are layering up so many emotions of energy. It is almost impossible to decipher, you know, well, at one time, there's hundreds of people. Yeah. If, yeah. And you've got the staff and, and you know... And of course, the, the staff and their issues. Yeah. Everything. It's... Uh, hotels it's are an interesting... It, yeah. They're interesting locations. I always wanted to work in a hotel. I wanted to be concierge at a hotel, like posh one in London. So. Yeah, you'd have been a great one. But it would have had to have been a, like, a really expensive yeah. one. Yeah. 
to make it worth my while, yeah. get all the tips. Yeah. Anyway, right, we're still at the Roosevelt Hotel, but we're going to move on to the original blonde bombshell and maybe its most famous ghost, Marilyn Monroe. Well, probably the most famous female Hollywood or the you know of has all ever seen time. So Marilyn Monroe lived at the hotel for two years. Really. Uh, very early on in her career, she posed for her first ever uh, commercial photography shoot by the pool at the hotel, mm. and it was for suntan lotion. Yeah. Uh, she'd posed on the diving board. So a happy, time for, happy a time for her. Happy time for her. She also met um, Arthur Miller there, which was one of her husbands, yeah. um, in the nightclub that was uh, at the hotel. So she would stay on the second floor cabana at the Roosevelt and it would overlook the pool. Mm. So it has a little balcony and stuff. And this is room um, 1200, mm -hmm. 1200. The hotel, when she was staying there, provided Marilyn Monroe with a very tall, dark wood framed, full length mirror. Right. And this is what she would have used to get ready, to yeah. be wonderful, doing her hair, doing her makeup. Now, we obviously understand and know the tragedy that is Marilyn Monroe and how she passed uh, a very untimely death. So since she passed, the mirror was still in the room until one day a maid was dusting the mirror. And when she looked behind her, there was a, a reflection of a very sad looking blonde woman. Um, the maid turned around and said, oh, goodness, like, do you need help? Are you okay? Nobody was there. Yeah. Um, she is so often reported being appearing in this full-length mirror. Is it still there, that mirror? Well, I'm not sure. Because Somebody would be have snapped that up. Because... No, because people were so shocked by it that they removed it from the room and put it in the hallway because they didn't want to lose customers over it because um, not everyone wants to see the ghost of Marilyn Monroe. So they moved it because so many people were reporting this happening and, was, and were, were terrified. So they moved it from, from, the, from the room into the hallway, but people kept seeing... In the mirror. ...her in the mirror. Because we understand, well, you know, we understand a certain significance about spirits coming through mirrors, so it, it makes sense. The mirror was taken from the hallway. Mm. Some people believe that it's uh, in the manager's office. Some people believe it's in storage. Some people believe that it's been destroyed. Um, no one really knows. I should imagine it'll be somewhere. So it'll be stowed away Nobody somewhere. Nobody would have just thought, well, let's put that on the tip. You can stay in this room, though, still. It is known as the Marilyn Monroe suite. It still overlooks the pool. It comes with all the vintage furniture that would have been in there at the time. Really? Um, it's around £600 a night to stay in there. Yeah, I can imagine. But you can stay in the same room, in the same splendour that Marilyn Monroe did. Yeah. And that's... Uh, I think that's that's legendary, nice. isn't it? Yeah. Um, like, you, you kind of touched on this, and, but Marilyn Monroe is coined as the hardest working spirit in Hollywood. Mm. She is spotted in her Hollywood home the, the Roosevelt Hotel, the Knickerbocker Hotel, and at her grave um, at the Westwood Memorial Park in Hollywood as well. Yeah. So she's spotted across several locations. But we know that spirits aren't, unless they are earthbound and trapped to a certain location, we know 
that they can move and travel. They know we we know they go to different locations, so it's not out of the way to assume that she she wants to stay in one place. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not unusual, is it, from what we understand? And that's the Roosevelt Hotel. Would you stay there tonight? Yes, love to. Maybe Absolutely. one day. Maybe one day. Yeah. Um, my next location is it's not a hotel. It's a, it's a residence. Okay. So it is Dan Aykroyd's former house. This is on Woodrow Wilson Drive, and it's just, do you know them windy, windy lanes in Hollywood where all the celebrities' houses and stuff well, are on? Well, no, but I've seen well, anyway, it's just behind the Hollywood Hills. Now, this home, has it's been home to some real stars in its time. Yeah. So, um, it's been home to Natalie Wood. Do you know Natalie Wood? I have got, a, I brought a signed, we spoke about this the other day on our podcast, I got a signed, um, original signed autograph of Natalie Wood. Yeah. Natalie Wood. So she is West Side Story, yeah. Rebel Without a Cause. And she was the little girl in the Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. Which I never knew. Uh, Mama Cass lived there. Mm. You know Mama Cass? No. Mamas and Papas. What? The uh, the singers Mamas and Papas? Yeah. Well, I Cass Elliot. I know I know the, the band, the Mamas and Papas. I don't know them all individually, um, yeah. You gotta make your own kind of music. You see that make... you she, have she made was, me. She was that that is woman. your type of music. Yeah, I under. Yeah. Anyway, she's huge, really okay. famous. Yeah. I'm disappointed in you. I know, but you. you... Um, Alfrey Woodward. Uh, she, I know her from Desperate Housewives, but apparently she's really big. Like she's right. done loads of stuff. Uh, Renee Zellweger and Ringo Starr. Well, we love Ringo, our boy. Um. It's not been particularly known for its disturbances until Dan Aykroyd moved in mm. in the early 80s. Right. Um, it didn't take him long to decide that the house was haunted. And some of the things that would happen, so he had a stairmaster that would just turn up on its own and do its own thing. Uh, he what also, do you mean a stairmaster? My understanding of it, like a chairlift. That's what I thought, a stairmaster. So it would go up, up and, and down yeah, and, yeah. and do whatever. Uh, something would be playing the piano, doors would slam, mm. and quite often jewellery and, and things would be moving across the dresser. Dan Aykroyd said that one night he even felt someone uh, crawl into bed with him, but it wasn't his wife. Yeah. So he said that he kind of snuggled into whatever, yeah, it was, but yeah. nothing was there. Yeah. Um, and he decided pretty swift it was ghosts. Yeah. Um, he believes that at least one of the spirits in the home is Mama Cass. Right, yeah. Um, she died of heart failure in 1974 at the age of 32. God, that's young. But she was a big girl, wasn't she? I don't know, babe. I, How do you just, not know Mama Cass? I don't, darling, I can't. Right, excuse no, I just, us. I, I'm going to show Vanessa uh, Mama Cass. Cass Elliot. No. She died when? 74. Yeah, well, I was two. No. Come on. No, babe, it's not my uh, type of music. Listen. Uh, I'm trying to I'm a rocker. Out. Anyway. Instead of being unsettled by everything that was going on, Dan Ackroyd was inspired. Mm. And the supernatural vibes gave him the idea to co-write the 1984 hit Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, which, of course, was massive. I remember watching it at the time, yeah. So he's gone on to say, you know, he's absolutely sure that it's Mama Cass. 
um, because the disturbances were large and noisy. And he said, you just get the feeling it was a big ghost. You get a feeling. You, you know. get a yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Dan Aykroyd has desperately, well, desperately tried, because he's, he's, he's not got it anymore, to sell it. But he had no luck with it. He did try renting it out for $30,000 a month um, in 2006. But no one took him up on that. Really? No, believe it or not. He did sell it in 2007 for $4.2 million to Beverly D'Angelo. And she is the mum on National Lampoon. Right, that okay. That film Vaguely, franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, quite, she's quite big. She, too, has also been claimed to be visited by the spirit of Mama Cass. And she's had various things go on, similar to Dan Aykroyd, doors slamming, noises, yeah. and, you know, just a feeling. But she said that one night she was trying to go to sleep and she could hear a bit of a, a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah. And some noises, some movement. And she looked up and she said that she put all her jewellery on the mantelpiece in her mm. bedroom. She said she could just see it all just being scooped up and moved around on the dresser think, and stuff. I think what, what you're going to, what we'll take from this is the previous owners probably had activity as well. They either blamed the maid or understood it and thought, well, I'm not going on bloody national, you know, to say I, I think there's ghosts. So I think that activity was probably always there. And it sounds when she's cleaning up jewellery, it's like, well, hold on a minute, that that's yours, make way for mine. So I would say the place is always haunted. It's just not everyone is willing to go to the national media and say it. And say, but yeah. obviously the, these two owners have done. Um, but yeah, that's quite, so that, that, yeah, is, that, that, is, that is the story, home yeah. that... Um, inspired Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's an interesting story. So now I move on to our last location okay. this evening, and this is the Chateau Marmont. Mm. And this hotel is located at 8221 or 8221 Sunset Boulevard, All right. Los Angeles. Now this again is, is quite a, an old hotel. It was completed in 1929. So that is the kind of dawn of the film industry. Yeah. Um, and it is loosely modelled after a French chateau. It's all towers and yeah. it's quite a, a grand kind of building. The hotel is known for both long-term and short-term residencies um, for c celebrities. Yeah. And historically populated by people either on their way up or on their way down. Yeah. So it's again, you know, it sees its fair share yeah. of, of splendor. Energy up, and, energy down. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was. It's home. It's a home away from home for a lot of big A-list celebrities. It's it's their go-to kind of place. The hotel has sixty-three rooms. It has a variety of suites, and it has cottages and bungalows scattered around on the yeah. grounds as well. But you can no longer stay there. Uh, it, in 2020, it became a members-only hotel, right. and that was to give long-term loyal guests the options to buy exclusive timeshares. Right, yeah. And they've done this. This business model, they say, more closely suits the needs of its guests, who would undoubtedly feel more comfortable sharing space with one, um, with one another than with crowds of people and tourists trying to get a sight of the next A-list celebrity. Mm. Um, and it's just it's, so it can function as a safe haven to the stars. Okay. The owner of the property believes it to be worth around 700 million US dollars. Really? 
is a grand old space. So for, for 90 years, the hotel has kept guard over the Sunset Boulevard and it provided a discreet haven for celebrities, rock stars, writers um, and artists to let loose and be themselves in private and away from all the prying eyes. Mm. It's not always been well, the most... Well, you wouldn't mind working there, would you? Oh, oh Imagine the tips yes. you do, wait till there. Um, it's not always been the most glamorous or expensive hotel in LA, but it certainly was and still is the most infamous. Yeah. Anyone who was anyone in the town had a story to tell from the hotel. And one, one of the presidents of Columbia Pictures actually said, if you must get yourself into trouble, go to the Marmont. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. get involved with whatever, yeah. go there because they'll they'll sort it out. Yeah. And you know, it was a place for Hollywood's biggest stars to enjoy themselves in ways they couldn't do publicly. So they could drink, smoke, party, yeah. orgies, and drugs, loose. and just yeah. be be the be the wild rock stars be that they blinding. are. Um, guests and hotel employees, um, and this is across the board in the hotel, have reported windows opening on their own, furniture moving around on its own, the sounds of voices and conversations um, that go along around the hotel uh, is really well known as well. Strange noises in the night, footsteps, bangs, yeah, cold drafts, cold spots, feelings of being watched. Just multiple. Multiple stuff. Uh, quite a lot of people as well have the sensation of people getting into bed with them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's, there's just a lot of... Um, because there was a lot of raunchiness going on there. They want to carry on the party. Well, I'm or... sure they did. I'm sure they did. Um, there are some real famous, famous, scandalous behaviour that happened here. Well, I'd hope so. I didn't, I haven't added it all in there because I thought we were a ghost. We're a paranormal podcast, not a celebrity gossip. You'll have to tell me after then. I'll take, but you know, <laughs> it, we we you know, you've got rock stars going down the hallways in motorbikes. People, Jim Morrison oh, fell. Jim Morrison fell from the roof of the hotel and landed like on a, on the roof of one of the bungalows. Should have died, oh, but he was so. Oh my god! Was, was, not, his body he just, just got allowed up. him. To... He just got up and carried on and went. Oh, I'm all right. You see, that's a bit of me. That's a, that's a real rock star. Did uh, Guns N' Roses ever stay there? Or probably, probably. Oh. Probably. Um, one of its most famous paranormal ghosty residents is the ghost of John Belushi. Yeah. Um, and again, this is a really tragic story as well. Because but... he was blinding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like him. Um, he is believed to reside in Bungalow 3, mm. um, which is a a place that he spent a lot of time in mm. at the hotel. So in March of 1982, um, the star of Blue Brothers and Animal House, what a film, Yeah, arrived for a stay at Bungalow 3. On Friday, March 5th, Belushi's fitness trainer and part-time bodyguard Bill Wallace arrived at the bungalow to deliver a typewriter, typewriter, typewriter mm. and tape recorder. Um, and instead he found Belushi dead um, in in the bungalow, yeah. and it would come after struggling with substance abuse for years. Yeah, um, he'd succumbed to his addiction yeah. and overdosed on a cocktail of cocaine, heroin, and a third drug known as speedball. Yeah, that, that's... I've never heard of that. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, I can imagine it's some pretty. I know Whitney Houston was connected to, to, to speedballs or stuff, but yeah, I mean, yeah, and so so. Again, he was that, that's he was thirty three years old. Yeah, you got to. 
do the maths on that. You're taking them drugs, it's going to be a problem. Um, since his death, there have been um, a collection of strange happenings and paranormal activity in the bungalow. So one story comes from uh, a comedian turned politician called Al Franken. I don't know who he is, but he seems to be quite a big deal. And he claims to have encountered um, John's spirit. According to um, Al, who believes himself to be a sceptic before this event, um, arrived at the chateau a week after his passing and stayed in the same bungalow. Mm. And he woke up in the middle of the night um, from quite a disturbed sleep. Mm. And he looked up and saw John Belushi standing over him. And he went, like, John, is is, is that you? Um, but he was, he was blinking and he didn't have his... So he put his glasses yeah, on. Yeah. And by the time all of that had happened... He'd, he'd, he'd gone. Yeah. Uh, but he, he swears to this day it was John Belushi standing over me while yeah. I was sleeping. Guests at the bungalow have also experienced, you know, again, being watched. And especially when they're in the bathroom mirror, they can feel that there's somebody yeah. stood yeah. behind them. Um, but one of the most famous stories from the bungalow is there was a family that stayed there in 1999. And it was a young, not a young couple, but a couple... Um, and they had a two-year-old that was staying with them. And the whole time they're in the bungalow, he is cracking up and he's talking to something yeah. and he's laughing, but like laughing. Barely, laughing. Yeah, barely laughing. And yeah. um, the parents go saying, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? And he's, he's going, the funny man, the funny man. Yeah. And when the boy's mum held up a photo of Belushi, he went, oh, it's the funny man, the it's funny the funny man. man. Yeah. And, and you know that is that's a beautiful uh, story, yeah. Because yeah. he's still trying to interact and make children. So oh, he's yeah. he's he's active. He's active there, um, and again, you know, I get the feeling he's not a a nasty spirit. No, of course, he's, yeah. He he's just another one of life's unfortunate souls, and he's for whatever reason still yeah still there. And um, there is another famous ghost and this is a like german american photographer his name is helmut newton mm. and he was driving back to the hotel and he lost control of his cadillac and he crashed into the wall of the driveway of the hotel he was killed instantly into the wall of the driveway wow so he was literally seconds from safety yeah um he is seen quite often by guests uh, wandering around and through the bungalows, looking very, very dazed and confused. And most of the time he's bleeding. Oh, God, so that's he, just... Um, oh. He's, he's um, just But again, lost. it's a soul that died in the car, but his soul got out of the car and he's trying to... You see, this is, this is the sad thing about what we understand for... Oh, yeah. Uh, people as well often hear... Uh, a, camera click do you know that mm. yeah yeah and they associate that with him as well because i think i believe that was his method of it's he died in 2004 so he's a it's a relatively new yeah that's that's um that's, that's not long ago it's relatively new but i think he was traditional in the way he photographed i might be wrong please correct me i'm not an art connoisseur um other locations on other other places in the hotel that are supposed to be really quite haunted is room 79 and is Amongst the staff, the most haunted room. Right. It's a junior suite on the top floor of the West Wing. Um, it is kind of very light and airy. It's a nice room. 
Um, it has a balcony and stuff, mm -hmm. but staff like actively avoid this room. Mm. Uh, there is regular ghost sightings in there. Uh, quite violent movement of furniture, so not just the table moving like it's thrown. Quite uh, aggressive. Uh, 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 aggressive. Um, people often see uh, ghosts banging on the door, and apparently there's even a floating head outside the window. Yeah, you, see, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. Um, various other stories from around the hotel and from some celebrities. So guests are often complaining of quite loud parties and carrying on and high jinks and glasses clinking in rooms. And when they send security and stuff, there's no one checked no into one the room there. that they're yeah, complaining yeah. about. So the uh, the story goes on. They party on. Angela Bassett. Now, she did. Uh, she was Tina in. Yes. Um, and she does American Horror Story. She's yeah. huge. She's a, she's an, an amazing act, uh, actress. She asked at the front desk if someone had cleaned her room in the middle of the night. Um, and they said no. And she said that some she'd left all of her clothes and jewellery out and stuff before going to bed. And once she woke up, everything was put away neatly, tidy. You see, and... you're only talking about in this hotel. We've done hotels before where spirit workers carry on. Now, you're talking about the famous people. Now, that leads us to believe that, that there is obviously some maid or something still Someone working still doing in that thing. hotel after death, yeah. Um, also, there was a man who was researching a book on the doors, Jim Morrison. Yeah. And was in the suite that the band would have stayed in yeah. in the 60s. And again, he woke up to the sounds of a party. And once he'd kind of tried to figure out where it was coming from, he realised it, it was in his room and it was all around him. And, and he, he ran and left in the middle of the night. He went, no, I can't do it. You see, I would have thought, right, let's, let's have, have a bit of this. Oy. Yeah, and let's start recording. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also been another woman that reported that someone had opened her window. So she's in bed and she's woken up, sound of her window opening, and then she can feel someone get in the bed with her. Mm. And she was like so fearful she was frozen solid just thinking oh my god this is it like fearing yeah, yeah, for her yeah. life um but then when she looked there was no one in bed no. and then she looked at the window there's bars on the window yeah but the window was open mm. which which wasn't she'd, yeah. she'd had it closed so um again something a little nightly intruder had come in trying to cop a feel I mean, I just think this place sounds wild, but then you would expect it to be from the energy, the history, the backstory of the years. I mean, amazing. I'd the, love to go. I'd the, love to go. There are some fantastic places in Hollywood if you are ever fortunate enough to, to visit and are interested in the and paranormal we've literally and stuff. just done three or four and there's so so many there's so much i mean the, the the chateau marmont i could have done a thousand stories yeah a thousand stories it's a it's fantastic just go and read about all the things I that think, happened there I, th I think when people are um that famous and, and that energy about them in life um and they're they're such go-getters or tragic stories their energy is so strong that w that it will imprint um maybe stronger than maybe someone who's very mellow in nature and lives in a two up two down in the middle of it you know that's that's not well known just a normal person 
So you can imagine, like you say, the hijinks, the, the stuff that would have gone in that hotel, and that's high energy. And that is what imprints and replays. And of course, they had amazing times there. That's where they come back mm -hmm. or stay. You don't know. So the place sounds amazing. Yeah, great, great locations. It's it's worth doing your own research, guys. It's worth having a little look yourself. The, the, the things that went on in these places, you would not or, believe. Well, you could just imagine. You would not believe some of the things they get up to. And they still get up to. Things still go on. It's yeah. not as if this is all kind of way back when. This still happens. It's just with a different crowd of people now. Yeah. Um, and the energy will still be reprinting, reprinting, replaying after death. Do you, you know, think as well potentially that they see other people enjoying and having oh, fun? Well, of course and, they do. You know, and and you well, think, they, oh, I want a slice. Well, Let me not, get involved. Not obviously if it's uh, residual, but, but but if they are physically back there, yeah, of course they. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you, do you think that obviously when there's a party and stuff, it, it throws off the same kind of vibes? So do you think it's almost like a calling, and they all, you know? Babe, it wouldn't surprise me. Listen, the same kind. Well, did the, does the same kind of thoughts and emotions that they would have experienced bring them on? Does it attract them? Does it heighten them? Does it make them? Do you know what, I mean? do you know what I'm I trying to get so. out yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I believe you know if if just say for example if Jim Morrison did have the you know the choice and ability um, to come back, he would see. Um, people in the hotel think right I'll have a bit of that I don't see why that, uh, that's a very in layman's terms I've put that but I don't see why that wouldn't be possible because listen so many things we know and understand now is like what it's um it's possible so yeah I believe if Jim or Hendrix or you know any one of them that has stayed there you know and that that you know I, I don't see why it's not possible because we know ghosts can go spirits can go to different locations different places and if heaven is heaven, they'll sit there and think, yeah, there's a party Why there. Why not go and have a... Why not go? And have a little party. Because I'd like it. I don't want to spend the rest of my life in heaven. I want to be popping back. Right. I want to, you know... And, and I understand and believe dance. you have the ability to do that. So why not? Yeah, fantastic. Right, guys. Anyway, so that was um, a potential part one. We might revisit this wonderful location. Uh, haunted Hollywood for you guys. Um, I hope you behave yourselves this week. Remember, like we mentioned at the beginning, please, if you're, if you're listening to this on whatever platform, please like, rate, comment, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Follow us all on um, our social medias, which I post in the episode description. I also on there put our email address. So if you want to email us directly, you can. You're more than welcome to. I, I um, check in on that email once, twice, three times a day. So... It will always be picked up. But um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I will speak to you soon. And I hope you're all getting yeah, ready and prepared. Yeah. Get your pumpkins cut. Get yourself ready. Here we go. See you guys soon. See you soon. Bye-bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.